SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Kansas is probably the best, and then I would say probably Duke, and then Kentucky's probably at the bottom of the barrel of those three. And North Carolina was there, but uh, just real traditional blue bloods, just mediocre this year. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Opposite Picks on Sports Grid Radio right here on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Wednesday, January 27th. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-A-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls right here on an Opposite Picks Wednesday, again, January 27th. Well, the left-wing liberals win again. Don't let the facts get in the way of good rant, as we like to say here on Opposite Picks. Uh, can the dookie pukies make it four straight losses? This is why they call me Mr. Vegas. Hitting a wall in Washington. What's the deal in Philadelphia? Number nine in Utah. Rare, 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 rare day with the boys at FanDuel in Vegas. And, of course, our opposite picks for this Wednesday. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here again on uh, Wednesday morning, January 27th. What's up, LLs? How you doing today? Well, I tell you what, you talk about a rare, more than anything else, more than Kurt Schilling getting screwed over by the voters. What a bunch of wimps. What what, what a bunch of lousy, know-nothing, backboneless wimps uh, we have in the media. Uh, more than that, you know, more than uh, some other baseball news, a couple of signings yesterday, some football news, update with the uh, chefs and Buccaneers getting set for the Super Bowl. Good news from both sides. Uh, more than where is Aaron Rodgers going to be next year, where the, you know. And really, when you look at the quarterback situation, as we will do, it is amazing. I, I can't really remember another offseason where the QB situation around the NFL is in such despair, in such flux as it has this offseason, although it's not technically the offseason, but you know what I mean. Uh, it is just remarkable how many teams are, are looking at the quarterback situation saying we're in a lot of trouble. So more than all that stuff that we'll get over the next uh, two hours for sure. Uh, and more than maybe the Dookie Pukies, and more than a, just a horrible bad beat on the college basketball court last night. Oh, man. One of these games, if, if you played it, then you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and we'll get to all that stuff. All right? So more than all that, I can't believe what actually happened, though, with the boys in Vegas last night. Last night was the rarity of all rarities in that what was supposed to happen actually did it. You know, last night's the night's 
that the boys in Vegas and FanDuel say to uh, the players out there, you know what, as I like to say, we're all going to beat you, you know, over the weekend. We're all going to kick your ass, you know, on, on the, with the Super Bowl or big college basketball slate on a Saturday or whatever the case may be. Every once in a while, see, they can't beat you every single night because no matter how stubborn you are, uh, eventually you'll say, you know what, Opposite picks on this uh, Wednesday morning. Here's truly Scott Wetzel City and taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time right here on uh, Sports Grid Radio across the nation. Yeah, so just getting into uh, the program here, talking about what happened last night with the boys in Vegas and FanDuel. What did happen was what's supposed to happen. You know, if last night was an example of how things occurred every single night, well, there wouldn't be a Vegas, there wouldn't be a FanDuel, there wouldn't be any other other sites. They'd all be out of business. I mean, the public, if you didn't win last night, then you are a contrarian player, which I understand, you know, with opposite picks, I get that. It was a rare, we've been doing opposite picks now for three weeks, and last night was only the second night that uh, we actually lost by going opposite. What was supposed to happen actually happened. And I don't mean just like, well, I think... uh, you know, I I I think uh, you know Indiana State's going to beat my Southern Illinois Salukis because uh, SIU can't you know hit a shot to save their lives these days. You know, or I I think uh, you know Atlanta's going to beat the Clippers just because I don't know Atlanta's on a roll. No, I mean things like logically, like if you ask ten sports players what's supposed to happen here, and it does. Uh, for example, you know, yesterday we talked about John Wall, right, for the uh, now Houston Rockets. Goes to Houston this offseason after how many years in Washington? First game against his former team. We told you we just loved, loved, loved Houston last night. I mean, Wall's going to be pumped up. And we, when we talked about his prop bet with FanDuel, it was only 20 and a half. I thought it was going to be 30. Now, he's not having as much a, uh, a good a year as I, I thought he was, but um, you know, I said play the over prop bet, right? 20 and a half, play uh, Houston. No doubt these guys are going to be all pumped up. They like him and everything else. And what happens? Sure enough, Houston wins. They cover the spread, and Wall goes for 24. His over prop hit easily. Well, maybe not easily, but it, it hit. All right, so Atlanta playing the Clippers last night. All right, don't Kawhi Leonard. He's out with the COVID and the injury situation and personal, whatever the case may be. He's not playing. No Paul George. I mean, you'd have to be a moron to to play the Clippers last night, right? I mean, you got to play Atlanta. What happens? Atlanta wins and covers. Utah last night. You know, they won and covered eight in a row. I mean, you'd have to be a dope amongst dopes to bet the the New York Knicks last night. I mean, you got to bet Utah, right? What happens? Utah wins and covers. Things like that happened all yesterday. It doesn't happen often, but the boys in Vegas fans who gave us a gift last night. Hopefully you cashed in. Just getting underway, hour number one. Opposite picks on Sirius XM SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Nawaba, nice little spin move for two. Gordon passes back out the house. 15-footer, beat the buzzer, and is put up by Nawaba, who beats the big buzzer. (laughs) 
Rockets Radio Network with the call there. As uh, we get you set on this Wednesday morning, you're truly Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, just getting started. Uh, we had a poll question up there in a little bit, running a little, little, little late today. It was up late last night, you know, watching the Knicks and Rocket or uh, Knicks and uh, in Utah Jazz. Uh, you, you talk about, uh, you know, bad beats. Uh, you know, there's a different version of a bad beat, you know, and, and you got a little bit of everything last night with uh, the NBA with North Carolina, that game. Then you got the Knicks uh, last night uh, getting double digits, leading in the fourth quarter, and they don't cover. Uh, I'm not sure if our guy had the score or not, but, yeah, Utah ends up winning it last night, 104, uh, yeah, 104 to 8. Well, you don't give me the exact score. Let me just double check here. I, they didn't cover. Believe me, mate. Uh, they didn't cover. Uh, yeah, 108 to 94. They ended up losing by, uh, by 14. So, But what we told you last night, you know, again, it doesn't happen often. They can't see that they're smart about this. They can't kick your ass every single day. They, they just can't. I, I don't care how stubborn you are. I don't care how much Polish blood you had running through your veins, and I have a lot, so I can say it. Uh, you know, the, the stubbornness will eventually wear off because you'll just say, all right, I'm not winning, I'm not winning, I'm not winning. This is not like Lotto, you know, where you can only be a couple of dollars, you know, dollar for a dream, and you can play for five, six, seven, ten years, whatever, right? You can't do that with the boys at FanDuel Vegas. You know, you got to win sometime. They got to give you a little nugget to bring you back to the dinner table, right? Last night was one of those little nugget nights where again everything that's supposed to happen if you're just being logical about it happen it will start NBA you know Atlanta's playing the Clippers Clippers go down to Atlanta and they don't have Kawhi Leonard they don't have Paul George uh, and Atlanta's a five-point favorite you know so who, who's gonna bet the Clippers without their two best by far players right I mean it, it, you'd be an idiot to, you know unless you're gonna play a hunt the contrarian way I mean it, it's it's You'd have to be stupid. Of course, Atlanta's going to win. Atlanta's playing halfway decent basketball. They're they're nine and eight now. They're five and three at home. I mean, it's not the old Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks team is actually halfway decent. So what happens? The Hawks win and they cover. And they win by nine. Uh, gave you the Rockets last night, right? Really, that was the absolute play of the night. There's just no way. And I told you the over prop with John Wall. Wall facing his former Wizards team for the first time. The Wizards are atrocious. I don't understand that line at all. And I tell you, there's another line out there tonight that we'll get to uh, here in a little bit. But why the Rockets were only a three, you know, bumped up to three and a half point favorite over the Wizards. The god-awful three and ten Wizards who just suck, have sucked, will suck, always will suck. Why were they only a three and a half point road dog? So the Rockets do what they're supposed to do. They win going away. Not even close. 107-88. I told you the John Wall over facing his former team. You knew. You just absolutely knew that he was going to have a good night. He did. He scored 24 points. His over prop of 20 and a half does that. Does that. And we told you, oh, by the way, to put the mortgage payment on that too, right? Didn't, didn't we tell you that? And then we kind of tempered it down when we realized that Wall wasn't have such a great year. But we said at least the car payment or at least the lawnmower payment on, on Wall's prop. Love that. that. That was too easy. And then the Jazz. You know, they're on fire. They've won eight straight. They've covered eight in a row. Now they're laying double digits. Not easy to do. But again, I mean, the, the Jazz are supposed to beat the god-awful Knicks. They're supposed to cover. They've covered eight in a row. All right. And what happens? Jazz outscore the Knicks 28 to 13 in the fourth quarter. They overcome a one-point fourth quarter deficit. They not only win, but more importantly, for our purposes, they cover the spread 108 to 94. They win by 14. I mean, it, it, it's just amazing. So then you go to college basketball. Uh, what was one of our favorite plays? Uh, Drake last night, right? Drake has covered 
every single game they played this year that has a line on it. Now, not all their games do. Sometimes they play some of these goofy games against these smaller teams, right? What was it? 12 and 0, or 10 and 0. I mean, so what? You got to play Drake, right? I mean, they're only laying three and a half at, at Missouri State, which is a halfway decent team, but still. I mean, so what happens? Drake goes on the road. They win the game 68 61. They cover the spread. 11 straight. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, dookie pukey to a lesser extent. Now, I kind of did like Georgia Tech, but, you know, <clears throat> if you're a novice player, you're saying to yourself probably, right, Duke's not going to lose four in a row. No way. You know, Coach K, he gets embarrassed. He had to apologize to a, a dopey little college reporter, which I'll get to that in a second here. You know, he's on national TV. Their game against Georgia Tech's a four-letter network game. There's no way in the world they're going to lose the four in a row. That hasn't happened since the, you know, who knows when. Turn of the century, for goodness sakes. Uh, I mean, so you got to play Duke, right? And so what happens? Duke ends up winning, and they cover the spread 75-68. They win by seven. Why? Because dopey Georgia Tech decides to foul with four seconds left down six. Oh, Duke gets a free throw, and they win by seven. Oh, you talk about a bad beat. So everything that the common Joe Schmo would have done last night actually came through. And you, you could circle these days on the calendar because it doesn't happen often. You know, once you know, once a month, once every, uh, you know, five weeks or so, you'll get a day like this where, again, what's supposed to happen will happen. Um, you know, you forget about trying to pick who's going to win between Oklahoma and Texas or Tennessee and Mississippi State. I'm talking about just common themes for the average Joe Schmo better. And it, it all hit. It all hit. It's amazing. So it doesn't happen often, but sure enough, it did. And how about, oh, boy, did we love that yesterday. Uh, they, they screwed up with that. The, the boys in Vegas. Wall and, and uh, Houston, man. See, that's if you're a real, you know, wise guy, whatever you want to call it, sharp, any of these dopey phrases they use for people that are just basically degenerates and living in Vegas. You know, those are the games that people capitalize on. Those are the ones, like I said, I don't know why they came up with that line as low as it was. You know, two. it, it was two and a half yesterday. Ended up going up to three and a half, but it, it was Houston all the way. I mean, they, they led by six, five at, at the halftime. Uh, you know, a six-point game, and then they blew them out in the fourth quarter, outscored them 32-18, to 18, so they win it going away. I mean, and Wall, even more than the game itself, you knew that Wall, and I'm not a huge prop player when it comes to uh, uh, NBA players' totals and, and that sort of thing. A little bit, you know, not nothing against it, but there's so much other action out there. But you knew. You circle opportunities like that. You know, the boys at Vegas, they, they fear opportunities like the public had last night and you knew you just I told you if Wall didn't hit his 21 points it wasn't going to be because he wasn't trying and when you have that extra edge that's huge that especially in an NBA game where these guys they don't try all the time they, they, they just don't that, that's why you have all these upsets that's why you know they're playing basically 60 meaningless games we all know who are going to be the playoff teams we all know especially this year with uh, you know basically no home court advantage it doesn't matter if they finish first or eighth in the seedings it really doesn't for some of these teams especially the really really good teams so you don't know if they're really trying so if you have a game or a player in which you know the team or player is really going to try, that is a huge chip for you. A huge one. And we had that last night with Wall. He goes 9 of 21, only 1 of 6 from 3, but uh, 9 of 21, 
five of six from the free throw line, and he got a – it might be a season high for him, 24 points. I think he had 28 once or twice. But, you know, he's been basically a 17- to 20-point score. And let's see, yeah, he had 28 points a couple of times. But this is his second highest uh, scoring if you if you separate if you don't separate the two 28s, uh, the 24. So and his 21 points last night, second most shots he's taken all game or all year. You knew it. You, you, like I said, you when you get that kind of edge, you pounce on it. So we we did last night. So cha ching cha ching on that. But oh, we, we you know that said, I, I did play the uh, over in the uh, North Carolina Pittsburgh game. Boy, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. We'll get to that next hour. Just a seemingly easy, easy, easy over. Ended up being an under last night. I won't bury the lead. We'll explain that next. Right here, opposite picks on a Wednesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our goal is subtle. But profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you got to do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. How about that pass? On a pivot. My goodness, what a bucket. Bryce O'Neal. Jazz have outscored the Knicks. Thurl 16-3 here in the fourth. Make it 18-3 on the run in by Royce. Working things out, trying to figure out how to get back to their kind of basketball. Loose ball comes out to Royce, lays it home, 17 for O'Neal. Yeah, Jazz Radio Network with the call. Scott Wetzel, 25 minutes past the hour, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do, Monday through Friday. Uh, 5 to 7, and then on Sundays from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, right here, Sirius XM Channel 204, as well as your uh, local radio affiliate all around the nation. Always uh, good to have many, many more affiliates to hop on board. 26 now past the hour. Yeah, as when, you know, you have different versions of bad beats. Generally speaking, the thinking is, all right, you know what, you're laying, uh, in this case with the Jazz, you're laying 11, maybe 12. Uh, and the Jazz hit a three-pointer at the buzzer, and they win by 14 rather than 11 and dribble out the clock. I mean, that that's kind of – or, you know, the Knicks are trailing by, uh, you know, 14, and they hit a three-pointer, and they only lose by 11, and, and you're, you know, laying 12 if you're on the other side with the Jazz. You know, that's generally when people talk about bad beats. There's always something fluky, goofy, uh, something dopey that happens at the end of the game, right? A meaningless shot, a meaningless touchdown, whatever the case may be. But, you know, and then there are others. Like the Knicks last night in the Jazz. Now, I think most people were on Utah, at least they should have been, logically, as we discussed. You know, they had won eight in a row. They had covered eight in a row. Uh, Knicks were on the tail end of their long road trip, their last game. You know, Jazz obviously playing great basketball. So I think last night it actually helped you. But if you went to bed like I did, Knicks in the fourth quarter, early on, first minute into the fourth, getting 11 and a half, they're leading by 180-180. Now, it's an NBA game. I get it. Anything can happen. 
Never over. I understand that. But you go to bed last night thinking, all right, Nick's got a chance of winning this sucker outright. Ah, Wetzel's wrong again. Blah, blah, blah. Another winner for opposite picks, you know, because the opposite pick was the New York Knicks last night. Uh, wrong, 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 wrong. You can't beat the boys in Vegas and FanDuel. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Knicks lead at 81-80 with uh, uh, just over 11 minutes left. That was the last we saw of the New York Knicks. Jordan Clarkston, two-point shot. Utah takes an 82-81 lead. <clears throat> Fouled on the play, hits the free throw. Now it's 83-81. Oh, no big deal. Uh, the, uh, the Utah Jazz make a three-pointer. Georgia Yang makes a three-pointer, of all people, to make it 86-81 with 10 and a half minutes left. Yeah, okay, no big deal. Rudy Gobert, dunk shot. All of a sudden, it's 88-81, and the sweat starts to build up on your forehead. Uh, Yang makes another three-pointer. Good gravy. It's now a 10-point lead, just like that. I mean, just like that. From 11 minutes left, Knicks up one to literally two minutes later, the Knicks are down double digits. I mean, just remarkable. And, you know, the Knicks flirted with covering, but ultimately they were down 16 with over a minute left. So it wasn't a last-second shot, if that's what you're thinking. It wasn't anything goofy in the end. Uh, in fact, the Knicks made a three-point or a, a two-point shot with 43 seconds left, which didn't really matter. Uh, it did cut the lead to 14, but it's not like, like I said, it wasn't a last-second shot by Utah. They were down 16, 108 to 92 with a minute and change left. So that's a bad beat. You know, it's not a bad beat because it ended up, uh, you know, having a bucket in the end. But it was a bad beat in that, you know, you have a double-digit cushion in the fourth quarter, and you can't uh, get, cover the spread. Forget about winning outright. I mean, you can't even cover the spread getting 11 half points. That's tough. That's, man, that sucks. You know, like I said, you go to, if you're holding a Knicks ticket, you go to bed early fourth quarter getting 11 and a half, maybe 12, maybe 11, and you're leading and you can't even cover the spread. But I, but I tell you, like I said, it flipped. Two minutes. Two minutes span, the Knicks went from leading by one to down double digits, and you were sweating the whole way. It's amazing. As soon as I turned the TV set off, <laughs> really, it's remarkable. And you know what? This is no lie. You're just going to have to trust me on these things. I have no reason to lie to you guys. So, And I never do. I may uh, you know, embellish a little, but we, we don't lie. Uh, people always ask, always. Scott, if you do so well with the opposite picks, how come you just don't play the opposite plays then and, and you know, win all this money if, if you're so, you know, if it's so great going opposite? And I always tell people because ultimately, ultimately it's the Wetzel Black Cloud. It's whatever I play on turns out to be the real pick and the opposite pick is whatever I don't play. So I can have a team that has covered 30 in a row and if I decide to play on that team, that team will lose. If I say play on that team and the opposite pick would be the opposition and I happen to play the opposition, well, then all of a sudden that team that's covered 30 in a row becomes the opposite play. So it's not really what I think, it's what I do. So whatever team I play on ends up being the wrong pick, hence the Wetzel Black Cloud. So that said, last night, you know, in a good mood, I say, why not? You know what? We didn't have opposite picks on Monday uh, because the, the, the football games ran really, really late Sunday night. I have a chance to put it together, and uh, that does take some time. So I said, you know what? 
fresh week. We're, we're about 20 games over 500, man. We're kicking some butt here. I'd like to build the pot up uh, for the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm going to play opposite. So I played all the opposite picks last night. They went two and four. They went two and four, including the, the, the dopey Knicks. I mean, so the Wetzel, nothing supersedes, overwhelms, overcomes the Wetzel Black Cloud. Nothing. No logic, no trend, no stat, no hunch, no system, no anything. I play it, it turns into a loser. So I played all the opposite last night and for only the second time in three weeks. Second time in three weeks, the opposites have a losing night. It's amazing. I got I got people, I, I know I'm going to get a, a bunch of emails now from people begging me, begging me, stop, don't play them. Don't play opposite. We, we don't know which way to go. Or if you do, let us know. Let us know so we can go the other way so you guys can make some money. Uh, you can't win. And then I had the over last night, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, right? I love North Carolina as we gave out. Um, but I said, you know, I'm playing the opposite, so I got to play Pittsburgh. So I said, but I, but I, man, I really do love North Carolina. They're playing great ball, and then Pittsburgh is mediocre, and you know North Carolina is not going to lose. They won five of six. They're turning things down a little bit. So you know I'm going to play Pittsburgh though because I'm I'm going to you know play all the opposites. So I said, let me play the over as well because North Carolina has been on a great offensive tear. Pittsburgh's been on a great offensive tear, and the over under was only 142, a buck 42. For North Carolina, which has scored 70 or more points five of their last six games, uh, Pittsburgh scored 70 or more points, you know, same thing, like four out of five. I mean, you know, this this thing's got to go over. I mean, it just it has to go over. Can't possibly go under, right? Not, not these two teams. Not the way they're playing, most importantly. So sluggish first half, only 61 points. I'm doomed. Ugh. What, what am I, nuts? I can't believe it's going to be a double loser. I, not only didn't I win with North Carolina, which I love, I went opposite, and now i got to throw in an over, and I'm going to lose that. It's going to turn it from a, a sure winner to a double loser. All of a sudden, the points come, and more points, and more points, and more points. And now we're at 100 points with uh, 11 minutes left, and I'm thinking, all right, you know, I, I need 40 points here, but I'm back in a close game, fouling in the end. You never know. All right, more points, more points, more points, more points. All right, five minutes left. I'm at uh, 129 points. I mean, I, this is golden. Somehow or another, these teams have gone on an offensive cruise, and they've scored 30 points basically in, in seven minutes. I mean, I got a shot. I got a realistic absolute shot. It's 68-61 with nearly five minutes left. I mean, 13 points in the last five minutes. I mean, every basketball game has that, especially a close game, seven-point game where you know you're going to get some cheap points being scored, right? Because the fouls. All right, we hit a couple of free throws at the 350 mark. All of a sudden, it's 68-62. Uh, We're down to 12 points. Uh, we get a, a, a layup uh, from Pittsburgh. And we get a layup from North Carolina. We get a three-pointer from North Carolina. All within the next minute, it's 73-65 with three minutes left. 259 to be exact. 2.59, basically three minutes left. All I need are four lousy stinking points in a close game. An eight-point game, which is ideal for getting some cheap points, right? Pittsburgh, next possession, missed jumper. North Carolina, next possession, missed layup. Pittsburgh, next possession, missed free throw. North Carolina, next possession, missed shot. Foul on North Carolina. All right, let's go to the free throw line. Eh, not in a bonus yet, unfortunately. Pittsburgh, next possession, missed jumper. 
Timeout, North Carolina. Next possession, missed shot. Missed shot after missed shot after missed shot. North Carolina hits a couple of free throws with 37 seconds left to make it 74-65. And uh, one free throw later, 75-65 rather, and that was that. They scored two stinking points in the final three minutes of the game. And the game goes under 75-65. Unfreaking believable. Unbelievable. I mean, you, you know how many times you get a college basketball game, especially with the free throws and the cheap points? You know how many times you don't get four points in the final three minutes of a game? I mean, it, you could count on one hand. One hand. Miss free throw. Miss shot. Turnover. Uh, turnover. Turnover. Miss jumper. Rebound. Miss three-pointer. Rebound. Two lousy, stinking free throws in three minutes. Two minutes and 59 seconds. Two. Unbelievable. And the game goes under. That was my night. Logic won out. I went opposite of opposite. And yours truly, the black cloud, ends up being a loser. What else is no? Welcome to my world. Opposite picks on a Wednesday morning, 36 past the hour. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Grid Radio, it is Opposite Picks on Sirius XM Channel 204, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time, as we always do, Monday through Friday. Time to check out the poll question with yours truly here, Scott Wetzel. Uh, we'll get to today's question in a sec. First up, I uh, always like to give a result from yesterday's question. I asked about uh, the NFL and uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans in particular, but it was open to everyone, obviously. Which former Steeler can you deal with winning a Super Bowl more? You know, because you got Antonio Brown, the bird brain that he is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you got knucklehead Le'Veon Bell with the Kansas City Chefs. So one of the two uh, is going to walk away with a Super Bowl ring despite being jackasses and, uh, you know, basically bitching their way out of Pittsburgh. So uh, I did put uh, as a uh, possibility, can the game end in a tie? Actually, a pretty easy, easy, uh, even vote in that uh, can the game end in a tie? Got 29%. Uh, Le'Veon Bell getting just under 26, and uh, Antonio Brown getting 22% of the vote. And, and actually, 22% also said they were okay with uh, either guy winning. So pre pretty even across the board, but ultimately, uh, most people didn't want either one of these two clowns to, to get a championship. But obviously, that's not going to happen. Somebody will. All right, so to today's question, uh, MLV voters failed to vote in Kurt Schilling to the Hall of Fame yesterday. So... Is that good? He wasn't a good enough pitcher. Is that good? You hate his politics. Is it that he got screwed or our fourth choice? Who cares? I hate MLB anyway. So go to your opposite picks feed, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. 
Picks, P-I-C-K-S, get you devoted there, and uh, we will let you know. We'll update that a couple of times before we are thrilled. Early on, only 20 votes. He just posted it like literally five minutes ago. Uh, he got screwed. He's leading away with 67% of the vote, but uh, again, that's that's early on. So go to opposite picks. I am curious to see uh, how you feel about that because ultimately, boy, he did get screwed. You know, I don't care if you're a Red Sox fan, a Phillies fan, an Arizona Diamondback fan, or even a uh, you know a pick another team uh, the sta- or the Stanky fan right he did more damage against the Stanks than anybody you can't sit there with a straight face and tell me Kurt Schilling's not a Hall of Famer I-, I mean it is just a farce it's sad I don't care about his politics I really don't now I'm I'm more on his side of the aisle than on the other side you know that he's a pro Trump guy he's on the right side he hates liberals hates the media um, you know it all put it into one big thing and he said some things um, but whatever. You know, that, that's him off the field. He's not committing any crimes. He's not beating up girlfriends or wives. He's not abusing kids. He's not dealing drugs. Never, ever, ever been accused of, of doing PEDs, even though he pitched in an ear, which baseball players, as we all know, were cheating left and right. Never was accused of that. You can't ever remember a teammate saying anything bad about him. You know, in his early years with Philadelphia, was he a little immature? Perhaps could he have had, you know, maybe 20 to 30 more wins if he had the maturity that he had at the end of his career in the beginning? You know, maybe. But ultimately, the guy was a terrific pitcher. If you don't think Kurt Schilling was a Hall of Fame pitcher, then you just haven't been following baseball. I I mean, it's just remarkable. He gets 16 votes shot. Here's the other thing I don't like about this stuff. They never tell you. Good luck trying to find out how many people voted, what percentage of people voted. We know what the percentage was of what Kurt Schilling got. But we don't know, I don't know anyway, how many, this is a lot like the the, uh, the Heisman Trophy. Good luck trying to find out how many ballots were handed out and how many were actually submitted. Submitted, yes. Ballots handed out, good luck. Same thing with MLB. They'll tell you 401 people voted. All right, but how many could have voted? Well, you know, 401 voted. I know that, but how many could have voted? Well, I have 401 voted. I, I know that, but, you know, were there 410? Were there 415? Were there 430 people eligible to vote? They never tell you that. They just tell you how many actually did. So, and that's important when you consider Schilling was 16 votes shy. You know, if you got 20 people that, for whatever reason, decided not to vote, didn't get their vote in on time, didn't see it in the mail, didn't log on to do it. I don't know how they do it uh, nowadays. I know Heisman Trophy, when I did it, you used to actually get a ballot and you'd have to submit the ballot. Now you can do it online. So, bottom line is, he got 71% of the vote, 16 votes shy. Now, he came up uh, about the same last year. He only got a couple of ticks more. And normally, you'll go from, you know, it's, it's a step-by-step process. Don't ask why, because to me, you're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. I don't know why you'd be a Hall of Famer in year number nine. Yes, he's in, but you wouldn't be in year number two. But that's how it goes. History says that a lot of these guys, they increase year by year by year. And as they get further and further down the line, you're only eligible for 10 years, at least uh, with the regular committee, um, that... Once you get close to the end, um, then they seem to give you a little bit more credence for some dopey reason, right? So he came up a handful of votes shy last year. Logic says he would have gotten it this year, but they did. Now, if you don't think he's a Hall of Famer, right, consider this. 30 Hall of Fame pitchers have less wins than Kurt Schilling's 216. 30. 
47 Hall of Fame pitchers have more losses than Kurt Schilling's 146. 47. 12, consider this. 12 Hall of Fame pitchers have a higher ERA than Kurt Schilling's 3.46. 12. Not, not a couple. 12. Consider this when you consider who's in and who's not in. 67 Hall of Fame pitchers have less strikeouts than Kurt Schilling. 67. You're talking about the four major, without a shadow of a doubt, categories for a pitcher. Wins, <clears throat> losses, ERA, strikeouts. And I don't play the game too often of, all right, you know, this guy's in. So, you know, if Joe Schmo is in, then you got to put this guy in. You know, Burt Blylevin's in or Phil Negro's in. Then you got to put Kurt Schilling in because he was twice the pitcher of those guys. I, I, I try not to do that. I won't say I won't do it all the time, but I try not to. But we're not talking about a handful of pitchers here. We're talking about 12 pitchers have a higher ERA than Kurt Schilling's 3.46. Keep in mind, you know, half of his career was in the American League where, where you have the DH. And keep in mind, you know, the bulk of his career was during the steroid era where you have an ERA at 3, 3.5. That's pretty damn good. You know, the, the, most pitchers were pitching in the fours and fives. So this guy did it over the course of his 20-year career, 3.5, less than 3.5. That's good. But even that said, you still have 12 Hall of Fame pitchers that have a higher ERA than Kurt Schilling. 30 have less wins. I mean, you know, 216 wins may not be 300, but, you know, generally speaking, 200 is the benchmark. You know, that that's like 3,000 hits for a pitcher. You know, you get 216 wins, and you have 30 more. Now, albeit a handful of those, I'll admit, are, are relievers, but how many relievers are in the Hall of Fame? What do you got, four or five now? You know, so basically you have about 25 Hall of Fame starting pitchers that have less wins than Kurt Schilling, yet they're in. 47, again, have more losses. Schilling only has 146 losses. I mean, think about that. Over a 20-year career, this guy only lost 10 losses, double digits, five times. Five. One, two, five, seven, eight, five, six, 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 seven, eight, six, eight, seven, eight. I mean, it's remarkable how good this guy was. How many times did he win 20 games, Scott? Three. I I, I didn't even look that up. I, I bet there are guys in the Hall of Fame. But I, I bet there's a 30, 40 that, that, you know, never won 20 games their entire careers. He's won it, you know, three times. It's, it's just... It's mind-boggling. And then, you know, as a little kicker, you know, the, the strikeouts, which, you know, an out is an out really in my book, but it's one of those stats that people do like. 67 players, pitchers, have less strikeouts than his over 3,000, 3,116. So you can't even go that route and say, well, yeah, but he wasn't a strikeout pitcher, you know. No, he was a strikeout pitcher. He had more wins and less losses and a better ERA than a majority of the pitchers that are in the Hall of Fame already. And then the kicker to it all is even if you were still somehow or another on the fence with Kurt Schilling, 
Even if somehow or another you're ignorant to the fact that he has that many wins, ignorant to the fact that he has that few losses, ignorant to the fact that his ERA is pretty good, and ignorant to the fact that, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, top 20 all-time strikeout leader, even if you're dumb enough to not figure that out, baseball fans and baseball writers, the guy was phenomenal in the postseason. He's one of the best postseason pitchers of all time. He was 11-2 in the postseason with a 2.23 ERA. He's the rarity of all rarities of Major League Baseball players in that his postseason was actually better than his regular season, despite his regular season being pretty damn good. I mean, 11-2, 2.23, he won three World Series. He went through the Stankies every single time because even in the Diamondbacks, you know, he beat the Yankees in the World Series. The two with the Red Sox, they had to go through the Stankies. I, I mean, what what more could you possibly want from a pitcher pitching in a steroid era to say that he's a Hall of Famer? I, I, it's sad. It's sad you let politics get involved. Uh, is he a bird brain to some with his politics? Uh, yeah, I guess he is. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm you know closer to him that side of the aisle, so I won't criticize him for that. But one has absolutely nothing, zero to do with the other. You know, again, he's not breaking laws. He's not beating up women. He's not selling drugs. He's not dealing uh, PEDs. None of that stuff. Uh, he's basically been a pariah. They kicked him out of baseball in his little note, which I'll read here. Um, it was actually a lengthy note, but I'll read a portion of it here in a sec. You know, he, he hinted that he did want to be a Major League Baseball pitching coach somewhere along the line, and I guess uh, that hasn't happened for him. I can't imagine the team not wanting Kurt Schilling. I, I really, but again, but at least that at least is, well, we don't like your politics. We don't like what you stand for, so we don't want to make you an employer. That That I could at least, okay. You know what? You have the right to hire whoever you want and uh, forget about his ability to be a pitching coach. If you don't like what he stands for, if he's not on your political side of the aisle, then, you know, you have that right. Okay. But this is not about a right. This is about whether you're good or you're not good. Not about whether you're a right wing or a left wing or an independent or whatever the case may be. Uh, this is about how good were you. It's supposed to be anyway. How good were you playing? Did you cheat the game? No. Did you gamble? No. You know, were you doing steroids? No. So you didn't do anything against the game? No. You know, were you a bad guy when you were playing? No. Fans love you? Yes. Teammates love you? Yes. And I don't even remember, you know, for a good portion of his career having any issues with the media. That kind of stuff started afterwards, you know, maybe late in his career. But again, you you want to you want to give me more than uh, fifteen pitchers? There, there's not a pitcher in the Hall of Fame I'd have on my team versus Kurt Schilling in a big time spot. You know, between him and Lester of the Red Sox, and I, I guess Lester's going to get screwed as well. But it's just it's a raw deal. They got a raw deal, well, all because the left wing liberal media, you know, doesn't want to reward Kurt Schilling. Good for Kurt to say screw you. All right, close it out. Number one next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
you know what? Kurt Schilling, 15th all time in strikeouts. 15th. Well, the, the, the guy was a Hall of Famer. You know, you should have your vote taken away. You really should. If you're going to be that irresponsible, Scott Wetzel sitting and taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time as we break down the, the Hall of Fame vote. If you're going to be that irresponsible, and I'd like to know how many people voted in Reuters, even though they didn't get in Bonds and Clemens, that didn't vote in Kurt Schilling. You know, how many people that want to stand on the pulpit and say, well, you know what, he's too radical and he's not in the left and he's do this, he's pro-Trump, so God forbid we should actually like our president. No way. Uh, but I, so I'm not going to vote him in. No, no, no. But I'll put in the cheaters. I'll, I'll put in the Reuters. I, you know, I'll put in the guys that are sticking needles in their ass in order to perform and make millions of dollars and cheat people on the legitimacy of their performances. You know, those, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, that, that's fine, but uh, the guy's, uh, you know, a Republican, so I, I can't vote for him. You know, those are the people that really, that's why, you know, I, I do believe in, in Schilling when he says the media should not have this much say. They, they really should. And, and good for him afterwards. He sent a lengthy letter to the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame folks uh, thanking them for their support. And then maybe I'll read that next hour. It's, it's a lengthy thing. Uh, his wife is battling cancer, and so you know, so he basically just said, you know, screw the media. They don't want to put me in. Fine, I don't care. He doesn't want to be on the ballot again next year. He's got one more year left of eligibility before he goes to the veterans committee, which is former players. He'd rather get voted in by the former players because he respects them versus the the media. So, and I, I'm okay with that. I don't know if they'll take him off the ballot or not, but he probably realizes at this point, if he didn't get it this year, he, he, he won't. Uh, although I don't know if that's necessarily true with uh, what's going on in the world. Maybe things will calm down a little bit next year, but uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. All right, hour number one, full hour to go right here. Scott Wetzel on a Wednesday morning. Office Pick Series, XM Channel 204. Wow.